0: Welcome to Golf Better at Worldwide Golf Shops. Hello, everyone. Tom Purcell here. Thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener, long-time subscriber, or maybe somewhere in the middle, doesn't matter, we're glad you joined us, especially today as Wilson's Driver versus Driver is out there on Golf Channel, a great reality show where contestants are vying for a chance at putting a new driver in play in the marketplace and also the chance to win a half a million dollars. We've got some of the players joining us today, some of the cast members on that show that are an integral part of Driver versus Driver. Tim Clark is joining us first. Tim, the president of Wilson Golf. Tim, you've been interviewed quite a bit on on uh, Golf Channel and other, other medium, but being the star, one of the stars of the show, share with us a little bit about the experience of that. That's got to be fascinating.
1: Uh, well, Tom, I can I can start with it. it wasn't being a judge was really not my plan. My plan was to do the show and and uh, have some more uh, internal people do that. But uh, uh, Golf Channel production and uh, my my boss, CEO Mike Mike Dallas, felt that it would only make sense to have me on the panel. So hence here I am, uh, and it has been an unbelievably unique experience. Something I I'd, I'd never. Uh, never expected it's been uh, long hours and i learned more about television and how it's produced than i than i ever imagined i would learn
0: these contestants that came forward give me some of the surprise levels you had of some of the abilities of these people cuz these aren't these aren't your these are your non golf guys
1: yeah well, you know it was interesting you know and again just, you know it's been it's been a journey you know that's been in planning for you know almost three, three years and some months, and then obviously to be at a point now where where the product's project's real and 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 airing is pretty pretty exciting to be part of. When the submissions came in, the early submissions were definitely the uh, were a little alarming because they the the very first ones were definitely not the best ideas. Most most of the best ideas came in the last forty eight hours. So uh, as the open call window was closing, that's when the ideas really accelerated very much towards the end. So it was really exciting uh, f- uh, to see the submissions. I was I guess I was most surprised and excited about the amount of college teams that submitted. Uh, and the youthful energy that came with that, you know, I've, a lot of times we hear in the golf that you know we're we're you know not getting the best reputation in the world. So that was really uh, exciting to see the youthful movement and see those ideas. And then clearly, from the people that didn't have a golf background, that was also encouraging because there were definitely people that were well aware of our sport and our game and had great insights to how to make a product but actually have never really played the game. So those have been probably the two biggest surprises I dealt with.
0: Yeah, great segue to the next question when you talked about the college kids. but One of the things we've been trying as an industry to do for a number of years now is to get that next generation, you know, the generation X, now the millennials into the game. And uh, I think this has a great opportunity to do that. You as well, I, I assume, right?
1: Yeah, Tom, I think that was uh, you know, again, you know, the excitement around, you know, the the energy that the college teams and 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 uh brought to the show was was really was really impressive. And again, uh, you know, we clearly are looking, you know, I think, you, you know, you being a long term industry guy, myself being a long term industry guy, a lot of times I think as an industry, we all kind of think, well, you know, this is a unique industry and all of the great ideas have to come from within. And I will tell you that this show will clearly show, uh, you know, the United States and Canada and the rest of the world that. Great ideas don't often, don't always have to be from inside your own house. And the ideas that we had submitted by, uh, obviously, uh, all the teams that made the TV show were were, were quite interesting. So, uh, hopefully, it does kind of open up the curtain and, and shows young people that the game, you know, although very technical, there's a lot of cool things you can do and, and learn more about how products are made. I think it's going to be a great thing long term, just for the industry of golf to let consumers see. Uh, golf equipment and a different spectrum.
0: Now, sitting to the right of Tim Clark is Frank Thomas. Frank, I'll ask you the same question, uh, first of all, about the experience of being on this show. This is really something cool for the viewer. How was it for you being a participant on the show?
2: Um, I'm uh, fairly excited about it, but I don't think quite as excited as the participants. Uh, I think what's uh, really surprising to me is how uh, excited they are and, and, um, you know, the enthusiasm they have for, for not only being on the show, but also, uh, you know, in their product. And I think, um, you know, this may have something to do with a $500,000 first prize, but I think beyond that, I, I, I feel like I was uh, watching a dream that they were following with, uh, basically nothing to lose. Uh, and, and it was almost as exciting for me as it was for them, I'm sure
0: being in the business as long as you have you must have really seen everything in your career what what surprised you the most about the teams in this you already mentioned their enthusiasm but what is it about you that surprised you the most being on the show
2: i think i think the fact that they they weren't golfers and yet they came up with some reasonably good uh, looking designs to begin with and obviously uh, you know they were uh, 300 of them initially, but uh, I think I think the, um, uh, the fact that they were able to come up with something based on the little research they had done, but also some of the ideas that they had about golf.
0: Without spilling any of the beans, Frank, were there some creative ways that they came up with for increasing things like ball speed, uh, club head speed, MOI, outside of the old-fashioned ways, the ways we've kind of always thought in the box?
2: No, I, I, I think I, I, um, you've got to recognise that uh, there are some restrictions on equipment. Uh, obviously, the USGA rules are are, are are restrictive, but more than that, as uh, Mother Nature um, uh, is the one that's uh, uh, sort of got the, the major restrictions. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and um, I think, um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mother Nature has left some room for innovation. Uh, not very really much, but it has left some room for innovation. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spill the beans. I, I think, um, you know, the contestants may have found some of those, that, that space that, that other nature has left and still stayed within the rules. And I think um, you're going to have to wait for the final episode to find out.
0: And now we'll turn to the host, Melanie Collins. Melanie, you're used to being in front of the camera quite a bit. How about these two guys? How about Tim and Frank? How did they do?
3: You know what, Tom? I was impressed with them. You know, I, I've had years of experience on camera, so for me, especially working with that same group of people, you know, a lot of the producers and, and people on staff were on the Big Break crew as well. So I have experience working with them. I'm super comfortable. But when it came to to Tim and Frank, you know, I felt like in the very beginning, the first few episodes, they seemed very nervous. Especially Tim. I, I don't think he had had a lot of experience on TV before. Um, but he was so impressive with how each episode he got more and more comfortable comfortable. And, and better and better on air, and he would kind of speak up when he needed to, and you know, with a little bit of coaching, I thought I thought they both did a great job, and and then Brian is just Brian, you know, he doesn't need much help, so he has a lot of experience, I think, being on camera, you know, being a former Chicago Fair linebacker and dealing with media, so he he found it pretty easy, I think, but for Tim and Frank, I was actually pleasantly surprised.
0: Well, the first few shows when all the contestants were coming up, part of your role was playing traffic cop as well. I mean, you had to kind of keep the thing going uh-huh. and cut some of them off some of them a little uncomfortable. Can you share a little bit about that? Some of the things that may have not made the cut? I'm sure there were some funny things that happened.
3: Yes. So the the initial presentations were one of the funniest parts for me. I mean, you know, a lot of the mistakes were edited out of the show in those presentations, but as someone who speaks for a living and, and majored in communications, I couldn't believe how difficult it was for some people to just get the words out. I had no idea that it was such a point of weakness for some people. I mean I know there are people who are scared of public speaking, but It was almost hard to watch. Like, I got secondhand embarrassment for a few of the contestants during the (laughs) presentation. Um, You know, Team Long Beach, I think, had to restart a few different times. And, you know, they would just freeze and couldn't find their train of thought and couldn't find the words. then we would just kind of say, okay, take a breath and pick back up. And, you know, it was funny, but at the same time, it it kind of wasn't because you were so embarrassed for them. Um, So certainly, you know, there were a lot of the presentations that I felt like were, were funny in the sense that they just couldn't get the words out. But throughout the show, I mean, There were so many other funny moments. I think Team Long Beach was just overall quirky to be around. I found them really refreshing, you know, the mix of their group and the different ages and the fact that none of them were even golfers. Um, You know, sometimes in golf we forget that it's supposed to be fun, and I I felt like they made it really fun. And then during a segment at Cantini Golf uh, Course, I think it was in episode three, one of the contestants, Eric Sillis, swung and missed a wedge shot and was absolutely mortified. So this is a guy who golfed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <the laughs> cameras on him and we were all just dying laughing and then brian Erlacher, i just find to be such a funny guy like he is such a golf nerd that we would we'd go on lunch breaks and you know during the lunch breaks we'd go down you know to this room in wilson headquarters and all of the contestants would kind of sit together and then the judges would kind of mix in and whatever but Brian would sit with the contestants during all of the breaks and lunches and try and pick up on anything that he thought might take his game to the next level. <laughs> I mean, anytime he looked over or was talking to one of the contestants, just trying to dig for some more information. So I found him to be so funny as well.
0: Yeah, Team Long Beach seemed like they would make a good singing group. They, they're, they're not all the same age, but they kind of blend together. Even though they couldn't get the yeah, words out in really the first do. few episodes, yeah. Yeah, they were a really cool group. Part of the first few episodes that I thought was cool, I'll call it the big short effect when Frank would bring up something like coefficient of restitution. And I know it was probably done in (laughs) post-production where they would just stop and talk about what coefficient of restitution was or drag effect or moment of inertia. Did you guys know that was going to happen? Because I thought that was outstanding.
2: I
3: thought it was outstanding too, and and honestly, we didn't. And you know what's what's really impressive to me is that we never really did have to stop down and explain to people what that was. There were a few different groups that you know I think he had to be like, "Do you know what that is?" And they were kind of like, "Yeah, you know, kind of," but for the most part, I mean, these contestants are all so smart. A lot of them are engineering majors, and you know have a lot of experience with um, moment of inertia and, and things like like Frank talked about. So. You know, for me, I think he would say things and I'd be like, what the heck is that? I mean, I'm a broadcast journalism major. I don't don't have any idea what half those things are. But, you know, I, I think most of the contestants knew exactly what he was talking about. And I found that so impressive. I just I couldn't believe like the overall just IQ in the room. It was it was really amazing how smart some of these people really were.
0: Well, Tim, the this, this show is just starting. It's got a lot of momentum. Uh, it's hard to look way, way ahead. But do you see this going maybe in another direction down the road, maybe with maybe irons or putters or wedges or something like that?
1: Yeah, Tom, that's a great question. We, uh, we actually were down in Orlando for the uh, premiere, uh, doing obviously a lot of PR around the show. Uh, the exciting thing is the the ratings ex- have exceeded expectations on Golf Channel side, which is always an important component. So yes, do I see this show having having the opportunity to uh, uh, to continue on? And and we've actually had some con- conversations about an extension. I do think that. Uh, you know now that the show is a reality and it's on TV and it's uh you know people can actually see it watch it and learn about it i do think uh if there is a second generation it you know it seems like it would only make sense to do uh, driver, driver two, just because I think the ideas and submissions now that you know somebody's going to walk away with a half-million-dollar prize and people are going to see that happen, I think you're going to get a tremendous amount more submissions. But absolutely, there's no doubt that you could do this show on irons, you could do this show on wedges, you could do this show on putters, uh, you can do it pretty much everywhere. You probably, uh, you know, golf balls might be the hardest one just because there's not a lot of visible technology. But I do think this this concept of uh, uh, of reality TV and crowdsourcing is definitely something that has some legs, and and it wouldn't surprise me to see a, a generation two or three.
0: Thanks so much for the time, man. It's fun watching it. Uh, it's uh, it'll be fun binge watching it after we even know what's happened. But uh, thanks so much for doing this.
1: Well, hey, thanks so much for having me. And uh, again, uh, when you get uh, when this show uh, finishes airing, make sure you make sure you race out to your worldwide golf shops, your Edwin Watts, your Vans, uh, your Roger Dunns, and and get this thing in your hands and demo it. Because uh, I can tell you, we've got a commitment. There will be a driver that's played on tour by Kevin Streelman. So, uh, so not only is it going to be a great TV show, but you're going to see a world class product in your shops here shortly that uh, consumers really got to get out and try.
0: Well, there we go. A little bit backstage, a little bit behind the curtain with some of the key players on Wilson Driver versus Driver. Tim Clark, Frank Thomas, and Melanie Collins. Thanks so much for first taking the time with us. And if you haven't seen the show, go back and look at the episodes because this thing is fantastic. Wilson Driver versus Driver on Golf Channel. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll do it again next time we have another episode of Golf Better at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.